Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. It is a beautiful spring day here and uh, excited to bring some good information to you. But first, as always, um, big thank you to the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Uh, it's their grant dollars to us that not only help us produce this show, um, but those grant dollars help us help small businesses up and down the uh, Rhode Island Avenue and Bladensburg Road Main Street corridors, as well as the uh, Greater Ward 5 area here in D.C. So big thank you to DSLBD and DHCD. Ron, how are you today? Hey, Kyle, I'm doing well, thank you. I, I agree with you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is, and uh, I just got a note uh, on Zeke's Coffee social media last night that they are now open till 5 o'clock every day, <laughs> and I do not need coffee at 5 o'clock. That's a bad, bad thing for me, but it just makes me happy that that business is, is going well enough that they are uh, expanding their hours. Uh, this is this is good COVID. Yeah, recovery. that is exciting. And I'm sure the neighborhood will appreciate that. I, I joke sometimes and say that when I drive by, I know they're closed, but I think people are still like waiting, hoping they would just open up to get one more cup. Yep, yep, indeed. And, and now that uh, his and hers restaurant is open down the road from them, I'm sure they've got another good reason to to stay open a little bit later. Uh, it's all good stuff. And, you know, it's, it's good to see businesses growing and expanding as we come out of COVID or as we start to recover from, from the economic impacts of COVID. But this whole last year, it has been uh, my joy and fascination to watch um the new businesses that are taking the opportunity to start up and and figure out why they're doing it. I mean, it's a scary time to start a business. Yeah, right? it is. But I think uh, somehow this this shift that we all were forced to take here has sort of allowed people to take a bold step. And maybe the thought process, at least with some folks that I know who have um, um, went from something that they just kind of played around with to taking, um, you know, a bigger leap into their entrepreneurial endeavor. They're pretty excited. You know, people are connecting stronger than ever online. I think people are figuring out how to do things digitally and, and through friends and family and through their networks, you know, some people are seeing success. So it, it is, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to have our guest uh, joining us today. This is a, a great example of a new business starting up with a really interesting new business model. Uh, so uh, today we are welcoming Sarah Frimpong of Well-Found Foods to join us. How are you? How are you? And you go by Frim, right? That is right. I go by Frim. All All right. My parents call me Sarah. Well, <laughs> we are not your parents, so Frim it is. There you, there you go. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, Frim, and uh, let's let's start talking about Well-Found Foods. Sure. So I can give you guys a little bit of background on Well-Found if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. So Well-Found started um, about eight years ago. Um, at that time, we went by a different name, Brooches and Beer. Um, and I had really started the company um, because I wanted to 
create better packaged food. Um, so for me, I had been working as a barista at a coffee shop um, where the owner was selling a packaged food product that was not good. Um, so the product was either an inconsistently made sandwich, maybe there was one tomato instead of two on the other one, um, the bread was always soggy, and just generally it was clear that there wasn't much care put into the product. Um, and so for me personally, I'd known that I always wanted to start a business, um, and there seemed to be a gap with this prepared food product. So um, I started the company out of that um, small cafe on Capitol Hill. Um, the owner allowed me to make a few of my own grab-and-go sandwiches um, in his kitchen that I was able to resell um, upstairs on the floor of the cafe. Um, and then a few months later, I took the leap um, and I moved into a local commissary kitchen and I started making um, my packaged sandwiches and selling those to local cafes. Um, so that was that was eight years ago at this point. Um, since then, uh, we've grown quite a bit. Our wholesale business uh, leading into COVID was the majority of what we did. And in that capacity, um, we were making not only sandwiches anymore, but grain bowls and salads um, and snacks. And we were distributing those to partners like Pete's Coffee and Tea and Phil's Coffee and, and different universities in the area. Um, so the way I like to describe it is that anywhere that there was a, or there is still a grab and go fridge where people are picking up a fresh repaired product, um, we wanted to be the local premium option that was in that fridge. Um, in 2019, uh, we started to grow the business in a little bit of a different way. And we put our first vending machine, uh, which we call a smart market, uh, out into the field. And so with the machine, we were going to sell our product directly to the consumer, you know, not sell to the peach or the Phil's coffee, but really get right in front of the customer and provide a 24-7, you know, unattended delivery model, which is what a vending machine is. Um, so we put our first machine in the field in September of 19 at Georgetown MedStar Hospital. Um, and leading into COVID, we had four machines in the field, including at the convention center um, and at George Mason University. And um, our smart markets are still a huge part of what we do. And, and our wholesale is uh, starting to come back slowly and, and really picking up speed uh, in the last few months as well. So, so gone are the days of being excited about finding Pop-Tarts in a vending machine. You, 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 <laughs> that, you've that's got, exactly the way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've got actual, real, healthy food um, in in vending machines. So, so what's the difference between a smart vending machine and a regular vending machine? Um, so, a smart vending machine um, is, as the name suggests, smart. And so, what that means is remotely, uh, we can track the inventory in the machine um, in real time. So, I can tell you right now at our machine at Children's Hospital. Uh, we just sold a roasted portobello and mozzarella sandwich um, two minutes ago. Um, so it's it's smart in that way. We can track everything remotely and make sure that we're putting in items that people want when they want it. Um, it also means that for the customer, it's just a really nice experience. So when you go to our machine, uh, you are welcomed by a 32-inch touchscreen instead of like a little rinky-dinky kind of phone pad to dial in, dial in numbers. Um, but you're greeted by a 32-inch touchscreen that has dietary information, nutrition facts, it sorts things by gluten-free or vegetarian or vegan. Um, it just creates a, a really nice customer experience for buying a fresh meal out of a vending machine. Wow. Wow. So, so from when, when you migrated over to the smart vending machines, is that was that absolutely a response to the COVID pandemic or were you just looking for uh, were you already headed in that direction anyway? That's right. So we were already headed in that direction. I 
I now like to think about it hindsight, right, is that we had about an eight-month head start <laughs> on what we, what we needed to be working on um, when COVID essentially shut down the wholesale side of what we do. Um, so really the reason we did our first vending machine was that we wanted to continue the growing the business. We wanted to continue getting you know, healthy, fresh food to people in more ways. And it was beginning to feel like we were kind of reaching the top of what we could do with the product that we had and wholesale clients. And so the vending machine was a way to continue getting in front of people um, and more directly getting in front of people to keep providing our product. Sounds fascinating. Uh, Ron, I know you've got a oh, ton yes. of questions. Oh, yes. um, so my first question is, what's your most popular menu item these days? So our most popular menu item um, by Quantity Sold um, is our coconut mango chia pudding. Um, it is a really, really great product. It has chunks of fresh mango and a creamy you know, coconut chia base that has some key lime juice and a little bit of salt in it to bring the flavor through. Oh, man, that's, that, that's awesome. Um, just following up with that, I wanted to know, how did the collaboration come about with the Cuban barbecue grain bowl? Absolutely. So that is a program I'm incredibly excited about. We did our first local collab, is what we call it, um, last month. And as you suggested, it was the Cuban Guava Barbecue Grain Bowl. And we did that dish in collaboration with Colada Shop, um, which is a fantastic um, Cuban cafe group um, that's here in the area. Uh, so the way the local collab program works and what we did with Colada Shop was that um, our chef uh, got with their director of culinary and they talked through what are the authentic flavors at Colada Shop that they would want to communicate um, through a dish that would be available in our smart markets. And so our chefs, who are both incredibly talented, work together to come up with this Cuban grain bowl. And, you know, from our side, what we bring is the expertise of how do you make a grab and go meal um, that can sit in a refrigerated vending machine. Um, and then when it's delivered, still be able to provide an exceptional experience and delicious experience to the customer once it's once it's vended. And, the, and from the Colada shop side, they said, OK, we want to do all those things, but how can we communicate our flavors and make something that's really true to true and authentic to our brand. And so the chefs work together to figure that out. Um, and then our distribution and our operations teams really took it from there. And we were super excited. We were able to make that item available across our entire network of smart fridges exclusively. And that local collab program is something that we're going to be doing every That's single month. Exciting. Uh, so yeah, yeah it, it's super exciting. And, and what's great is because it's every month, it means that for our smart market customers in places like hospitals or, or offices where you're coming in every day, it's going to allow them to have like one special thing they can look forward to trying new at the fridge. And so um, this week on Tuesday, we actually launched our second local collab. And that is in partnership with Republic Cantina, which is an amazing Tex-Mex restaurant. Oh, yes uh, it is. Here. Are you familiar with them? Oh, yeah. I Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is an amazing, amazing restaurant. I, I love everything there. I really love their breakfast tacos. Um, mm -hmm. And so our team worked with theirs to create a breakfast burrito. It's the smoked shiitake and bacon breakfast burrito. It has this like spicy refried black bean spread <laughs> that is full of things. I, I don't know. I don't even know all the culinary amazing. It's full of magic. Bread. That's all you need it's to say. It's full of magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's full of magic. You take a bite and you're like, you know, I think the, the direct quote 
we took a bite and Brian on our team turned to our chef and he said, you are a bad, bad man. <laughs> that, that's how good it is. I love it. So let me, let me ask you, um, let, let's stay on the smart fridge uh, for a moment. How many of those um, machines do you have scattered around or, or de- deployed at this point, I guess I should say? Yeah, so we have 10 fridges deployed and number 10 went in the field seven days ago. Wow. 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 And yet, Frem, you've mentioned uh, hospitals and, and office buildings. Mm-hmm. What What is your target market for, for placement? So currently, like you said, um, we are in healthcare facilities. Uh, we are in, we're on military installations. So we're over at Fort McNair as well as Fort Belvoir. Um, and we are also in transportation hubs. So we actually have two machines at BWI Airport. Um, that smattering really does represent where we're targeting for machines today because that is where we're seeing the traffic really picking up. Um, but for us, you know, we really want to be anywhere ultimately that people are and they're going to see value in having a 24-7 option. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we'll get a text at 2 in the morning um, from one of our customers at a hospital saying, thank you so much. It, it was wonderful to be able to have a salad at 2 a.m. when I have a break on my shift and not have to eat like a honey bun or, <laughs> or something that's sold in a standard vending machine, right? And I'm not, I'm not hating I'm not hating on Pop-Tarts or honey buns. <laughs> I, I enjoy them too, but yeah, sometimes you want something a little more fresh. Sure, sure. I uh, Whenever I think about like savory type foods in a vending machine, I, I think about, um, I don't I'm dating myself by saying this, but uh, old show WKRP in Cincinnati, and um, one of the characters would always get a tuna sandwich out of a out of the vending machine. And Ooh, it would, that's a bold it would, move. It would crunch when he bit into it, you know. <laughs> like that's not right. <laughs> that's that's just not right. Uh, so I'm, I'm I know that that um, that fresh savory foods in in vending machines is not new from a global perspective i mean they 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 exist like in very forward-thinking places like i don't know japan uh so it's exciting to think about them here and uh as someone who takes as many inexpensive flights as possible at weird hours when um the uh, the airport restaurants are not open i'm really excited to to think about uh, how i can take advantage of that now so what are what are your growth plans? So we are all in on vending. Um, we we are growing that part of our business uh, very quickly. Um, we should have about twenty machines in the field over the next three to four weeks. Um, and really for us, it's about like I said, getting our product, which is really a fresh, premium prepared packaged food, getting that to as many people as possible where it's going to make sense for them. So to your point about flying at odd hours in an airport. That makes total sense, right? And, and again, you know, we, we get reached out to uh, by our customers quite often because we have a um, text helpline. So, so you can you can text us if you need any support or anything like that. And it's usually people just giving great reviews of the food and, and of the service because they're in places where they didn't think they'd be able to have something healthy when they were there. Um, so it's just about furthering that mission, whether it's through placing more smart markets or establishing more wholesale relationships or you know, whatever makes sense. I think being kind of mission led is, is really helpful in that respect. You kind of roll with the punches, which is sure. what COVID was, right? We kind of rolled with the punches and said, okay, we can't get the product to our customers via wholesale right now because all our wholesale customers are closed. Vending makes even more sense than before. Let's keep doing that. Sure, sure. 
you, you've mentioned the collaboration, um, collaboration product projects, products, excuse me. Um, where do you source the rest of your products? So all of our products are made um, in our commissary kitchen by our culinary team. Uh, in terms of where we're getting our ingredients from, we try to source local as much as we can um, based on what's available. Um, and then we work with a, a series of local broadliners for, for other items. But um, our culinary team led by our chef Mark is, is chopping the greens fresh, cutting the vegetables um, and, and making everything you know fresh in our kitchen for our distribution team to take out to the sites. Nice, very nice. Ron, are you chomping a bit to ask more questions? <laughs> How did you know? I just keep talking. <laughs> um, so um, this is a very direct question. We're on Rhode Island Avenue. I want to know where the nearest smart fridge is. I want to grab that guava barbecue grains bowl for my daughter, who's a vegan. And uh, so I totally want to surprise her with that. So smart markets near Rhode Island Avenue, admittedly, Right now, our markets are in very closed locations, okay. and so like a hospital is not a yep. place to get into right now. But um, on Rhode Island Avenue, you can find us um, at Zeke's Coffee um, and at Good Food Markets. Um, and while they don't have the Cuban Guava Bowl, they do have our best seller and ultimate winner, the Coconut Mango Chia Pudding, <laughs> okay. um, which is fantastic. And if you're, you said your daughter's yes. vegan. I would recommend the Macro Soba Bowl, uh, which is our vegan noodle bowl. It's in our grain bowl category, and it's flipping fantastic, if I do awesome. say so myself. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> good to know. And and uh, <laughs> good shout out for access at Zeke's and uh, good food market. Just, like I, my office here is literally above Zeke's uh, and a block <laughs> away from good food market. I, I am living the dream. Um, exactly. You're in well-found world. Yes, yes, I love it. Uh, so, what you, you, you're you're targeting another twenty? Do you see any any growth beyond? Um, I don't want to say beyond vending machines, but but what do you do you envision um, the next the next stage, the next evolution of this? Yeah, you know, I, I do think for us, because it is driven by the increasing access to fresh food, the, the next stage is really continuing this stage and continuing to grow the number of markets that we have out there and finding the right places to put them. You know, like I said, we're going to have about 20 in the field um, shortly, but I think there's way more than 20 worth of opportunity where people are going to feel like we're bringing value. And so our job now is to plot out exactly where those places are especially in this climate, right, where, where you don't know when and where people are returning to. Um, it's just so different. Like I said, we put our first fridge out in September of 19. And mm -hmm. I had a list of criteria uh, that I was looking at when I thought, okay, this is where we should put a, a put a smart market. That criteria has totally changed <laughs> because everything else <laughs> has changed. And so we're being forced to, to redial in all of those factors. And so I think that will take us time. But you know, I, I think the, the next stage is, we're not even there yet. We're at the beginning of the current stage with that. Sure. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, it, it clearly, I, you guys put a lot of attention to detail, focus on freshness and buying local when you can. How does that translate into how frequently you have to service the, the units, right? So hmm. is it literally like every one, two, three days, you're kind of re-upping or based on your inventory, you go, oh, wow, we're, we're low on that. We're going to go 
you know, restock, you know, before the sun goes down? Like, like what's the normal process for that? You know, it really depends on the location. So I will say that our culinary team has the ability to produce up to seven days a week. And our distribution team has a delivery to deliver up to six days a week. So if we have a location and the airport is, is beginning to trend in this direction um, where we need to touch that machine every day, we will. Um, that being said, and this is where um, the question of, or not the question, but the fact of having a smart fridge or a smart vending machine is really important. We can see everything that's happening remotely. And so our process on our side is that we stock the machine, we track the sales and the trends, and then based on what's happening in real time and what's happened historically, we actually forecast out what the next delivery should be. And so every delivery that we make to a machine is completely unique than the delivery before it or the delivery that's going to come after it. And it's also based on need because for an incredibly fresh product, you know, we, we have to be also be cognizant of our waste. Um, so, so like I said, you know, we, we have the capacity to touch these machines every day. We could touch them multiple times a day if we had to, but at this point it's really based on need and we're starting to see that need increase, um, as people are returning to, you know, different parts of life. You know, when I, when I first, uh, learned about this, this concept, um, the, the very first, uh, partnership that that sprang to mind was uh, in you know the mini breweries and um, uh, distilleries with tap rooms uh, here in DC because very few of them have food options uh, or any real anything of any substance I mean we can you know you can get some pretzels or something like that but um, it they don't have the kitchen capacity to to have an actual restaurant most times um is is that something you'd be interested in in checking out or is that something you've already considered it's something that we're currently considering um and we're currently having conversations about because to your point and that's exactly what i'm talking about that's a place where there's a need right that that might not have even thought about frankly a, a year ago um, so, so that is a place that we're interested in being able to service as well. I'm sure there's some personal perks to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably probably some good friendships to be established there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, very exciting stuff, um, and uh, can't wait to get down to Zeke's and try something uh, or good food market. It's after it's after lunch, so maybe I should stay away from coffee. <laughs> but don't don't tell Zeke I said that. Um, Ron, any any uh, any other questions for uh, for him while we're no, I'm I'm really excited. I I um, can't wait to. I'm I'm gonna explore too, Kyle. So um, I may not run into you today, but I think tomorrow I'll swing by Zeke's or Good Foods and uh, check it out. Yeah, yeah. From um, if, uh, if listeners want to learn more about Well Found Foods, uh, where can they find you on the internet? Absolutely. So folks can find us at wellfoundfoods.com. Um, and if you are on Instagram, you can find us at Eat Well Found. Eat Well Found on Instagram and wellfoundfoodsplural.com um, on the internet. So check them out. Um, the, just, you know, going through the menu on your website is, um, that's, that's some good food porn there. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Hey, it tastes as good as it looks, but you guys, you guys are going to know soon enough. <laughs> I have no doubt. It looks amazing. Uh, Frim, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us. Uh, Sarah Frimpong from Well Found Foods. Um, can't wait to, to check out the, the smart foods downstairs. And um, thank you for joining us. Awesome. And thank you guys both for having me um, and for your interest in learning more about Well Found. It's great to connect with folks locally and, and share what we're building. Yeah, can't wait to share the information with the community. Um, thanks for joining us, and, and thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of RIA Radio. And we'll see you all next time. Bye.